the Public News Service Daily Newscast for March 2nd, 2023. I'm Terry D. In response to last month's deadly shooting that killed three students and wounded five others, Michigan State University will be restricting access to buildings at night starting March 13th. The move is a security measure in response to last month's mass shooting. Students, faculty, and staff must use their campus ID cards to gain electronic access to the buildings after 6 p.m. on weekdays. Active violence intruder training will be mandatory for students, faculty, and staff in the future. Other security measures include installing 2,000 cameras throughout the university. Nebraska would have one of the strictest abortion laws in the country should LB 626 become law. Deborah Van Fleet reports it recently passed out of committee. The bill calls for banning abortions after a fetal heartbeat can be detected by ultrasound, usually around six weeks of pregnancy. However, some medical experts don't consider it a fetal heartbeat before at least the 10th week of gestation, the point at which an embryo becomes a fetus. Scout Richters with the ACLU of Nebraska says time is running short for Nebraskans to let their state senators know how they feel about the bill. Because it has that emergency clause, if it does pass, it will become law here in Nebraska, and it could be in just a few short weeks. Richter says medical providers from across the state were among the many who spoke during the committee hearings on LB 626. The negative effects of this ban reverberate across the medical field, as we've seen from the number and variety of medical professionals that have spoken out in opposition to the ban. Richter says in a November survey, 59% of Nebraskans from all backgrounds and across party lines said they oppose a more restrictive abortion law, with 36% supporting one. State Senator Joni Albrecht introduced LB 626, which includes exceptions for sexual assault, incest, or medical emergency. Abortion bans have been hot-button issues in many states. In seven of the eight states with a ban at 12 weeks or earlier, a judge has blocked it at least temporarily, including four six-week bans. Colorado's federally qualified community health centers add at least $1.7 billion towards the state's economic activity. The centers serve all patients regardless of their ability to pay. Simon Smith with Clinica Family Health says the lion's share of their budget goes to paying staff competitive salaries with full benefits. We're often a larger employer in a small community. It keeps the dollars right there locally. We know that our staff live in the communities we take care of. They're neighbors, they're family members, they're friends of the patients that we serve. They're shopping at the local grocery store. In 2021, the health centers contributed $206 million in state and federal tax revenues. This is Public News Service. In Virginia, City of Richmond employees filed to vote on their first union contract. Edwin J. Vieira reports. While they're still in the early stages of establishing a union in Virginia's capital city, it's been a long road to get to this point. A law passed in 2020 finally allowed public employees to be eligible for collective bargaining rights. For the city of Richmond, a 2022 collective bargaining ordinance let employees begin establishing a union. David Broder with SEIU Virginia 512 says the city council was eager to collaborate and listen to workers so they could develop a fair collective bargaining ordinance. As employees prepared to head to the bargaining table, details what they're seeking from the first union contract. 
Workers are seeking a fair wage that will allow them to live in the city. Workers are seeking affordable health care. Workers are seeking paid leave benefits that will allow them to take care of themselves and their loved ones as they take care of the city. According to a report from the Commonwealth Institute, one in 12 of all full-time employees can't afford to support themselves on their city of Richmond salary. The report also finds high turnover rates aren't limited to a single agency in the city. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. New Mexico lawmakers are considering a bill this session to fully fund the Strategic Water Reserve, a management tool deemed critical as the state faces unprecedented water challenges. Tricia Snyder with the group New Mexico Wild says Senate Bill 167 would put $25 million into the reserve to allow the state to purchase or lease water rights from voluntary sellers or lessees. Snyder says the money needs to be there before a seller comes forward. Folks are not going to be willing to come to the table to even begin negotiations on a sale or a lease unless they know that the state has the money to complete the transaction. She says inconsistent funding since its launch in 2005 has limited the reserve's effectiveness. As hearings on the 2023 Farm Bill began, a push is on to ensure biodiversity is part of the conversation. A Senate hearing on the bill's conservation and forestry programs was held on Wednesday. According to Defenders of Wildlife, more than 70 percent of species listed under the Endangered Species Act rely on private lands. More than 40 percent of private land in the lower 48 states is managed for agriculture. The group's senior analyst for private lands, Mary Fafco, says the bill is an opportunity to combat the linked issues of biodiversity loss and climate change. Farmers, ranchers, and producers play a critical role in conserving our nation's wildlife. With so many of our nation's imperiled species occurring on private lands, depending on private lands, they depend on this farm bill. That was Eric Teganoff reporting. I'm Terry D. for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Find our eight trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.